praises. Joshua. We had a blast Friday night playing pickleball in the church. Yep. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Good, clean fun. Yeah, it was. Pretty good exercise, too. Mm. Yep. Yes, it was. Not bad at all. Brenda, what's your praise this morning? That I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Well, I've waited two or three weeks, it seemed like, to get those shots. Finally got those injections that's from my hip pain. Uh-huh. So now it's waiting to see if it works. Okay. It's, it seems like it's, it, it seems a little bit better. It was, I had a lot of pain when I woke up this morning, but it's gone now, so it seems like maybe it's better. Okay. I have to, I'll have to go shopping to see if I can walk through the mall or whatever. <laughs> because that's when, if you have to walk a long way, it just kills you. So I'm going to have so to So next time it. you go, say, Doctor, I can't afford these shots. I know. <laughs> I have to go shopping afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I did. Well, I did walk to the mailbox yesterday, and it's it's you walk down the hall to the elevator, then you go downstairs. It's a little bit of a walk, and sometimes I would just make it to the elevator and be like already hurting. So is this your it wasn't as bad. So I think maybe it's working. Not the other one. That was bigger. That's it. That's one way to use it. I don't know what I'll do. It doesn't work. You go back and tell them what they'll do. My brain works. <laughs> All right. Other praises. Christine. So Bugman will be six on Tuesday, and I asked him what it was that he wanted to do for his birthday. He goes, I just want to play with my friends. (laughs) Nothing, nothing extravagant. No big deal. Just wants to play with his friends and share. What day is this? Tuesday. 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 I have a doctor's appointment that I've been waiting on for a while. I'll come back up on Tuesday this week. This is a different kind of doctor. But it like the older you get, the more different kinds of doctors you need to see. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, where is everybody? I don't know. We're not here today. It's awful empty. Still sore for pickleball. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Use muscles you didn't know you had, huh? Uh, Well, there's Eva. Good morning. Good morning. We're taking praises, but we don't already have anybody here yet, so we're glad you showed up. I'm moving slow today. I can't hear. My my nose is stacked up. And I got all kinds of praises. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to hear them. Well, I'm excited to be here. This is. Along with my complaint, I have a praise. All right, what is it? My praise is, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. I've had Dylan for 13 years, almost 14 years. For the first time, someone gave me a relief this weekend. Someone what? A relief and said, let me take it with me. Oh. And so, I got a chance to have a little me time and peace and and stuff by myself. For the first time, for the first, oh, for the first time in 13 years. And I'm so grateful. 
God Just you and Jesus. <laughs> and I still can't make it to the Lord suffering this one. You're you're an encouragement. It encourages me to see somebody get saved and be so excited about their new life in Christ. Amen. Yeah. Maybe it's because you're saved later in life. I don't know. But uh, I can see the gratitude in your face and hear it in your voice. And it is an encouragement to me. Who else? Praises. Bob. I am so grateful and so glad that I'm in the right place at the right time. Amen. Bless me far beyond belief. Amen. Go ahead, Sherry. I had a great week vacation, and um, really enjoyed it. I'm glad for the safe travels there and back. Amen. Good. Good, good. All right, Lisa. Um, I'm so grateful to God that Glenda uh, was able to come yesterday and is feeling stronger and spent the night, is spending the night by herself and um, making progress. Amen. Making progress. She's getting stronger Amen. and more like herself. She's not having to take as much pain medication and stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's good to see her getting stronger. Great work and everybody around her. Getting stronger. And reminding her and everybody else how important every single member is. When you see a day like today where maybe two-thirds of our church is not in attendance to worship, it really drives home the difference between having everyone here for corporate worship and, and what it's like when everybody's not. Um, I called Francis and Nona yesterday there in Arkansas for that funeral. Francis drove her. said, I miss y'all. <laughs> we miss you. Like, you have no idea how important you are. Yeah. yeah. To just be it, you know. Amen. Be, be here encouraging other people and praying for each other and and fellowshipping with each other. That's just as important. Iron well, sharpens iron. I, I think it, uh, you can probably, I could probably get away with this only one time in, in my ministry and tenure here, but uh, there's few here let's see well there's two here that were here the day that I just didn't show up do you remember Sherry? I do, everybody was like because pastor's not one to just not show up and you don't know where he's going but he did it and everybody's like where is he? We was calling him and texting him and he wasn't answering Andrew got on my computer trying to get into my Email. <laughs> the message, the message that day was on how important it is that each member is in their place. Each member is necessary. Yeah. And God told him for us to not. And uh, Harley was pretty pretty new in the church then, and so I gave Harley the sermon to go to the pulpit and read it after the noise settled down. Some people left church over it, but everybody got the point. They all got the message. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that. 
And just sometimes the terrorists take themselves out. Well, you know, it, it's, it was an object lesson. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have done it if the Lord hadn't have told me to do it because it's not my something I would ever do on my own. There's a lot of things that the Lord tells us to do that sometimes we just don't want to do it, but you need to do it. Yeah, well, I did. I, I did. And, and I know he used it. But anyway, who else? There's got to be another praise or two in this group. Christine has one. So, I just want to praise our women's group on Friday, like just getting to go and talk. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to praise the Lord for the women's group. You know, our, a lot of our kids that have been coming um, have been very shy and reserved, and now they're out mingling and they're doing stuff. And to see the kids getting to play with other children that have that have the same values and just other women, and getting to to help talk with them and change their thought on some things, it's just it's really cool to be able to be a part of that and just have that available to to us. Amen. That's it? Okay. All right. John chapter 2. We're going to talk about the, the wedding today. The marriage in Cana. It says here, this after some of the disciples have now become disciples, we've got Philip and Andrew and Peter and Nathaniel so far. And those uh, four in Jesus, it says, The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. What was a marriage like, a Jewish marriage in Cana or Jerusalem or any of the other Jewish cities? What was it like? Was it did they get together at eleven o'clock in the morning and the preacher pronounced a man and wife and and everybody mingled for a little bit and had some refreshments and then left? No clue. Days. Usually seven or eight days of feasting and congratulating and. I'm glad I'm not the one who has to plan the wedding because i got to figure out something to do for eight solid days. I'm not sure. But that's how they did it. And where do you get all that food? I mean, a lot of food and a lot of something else. Wine. A lot of wine. It says, The third day there was a marriage of Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus sighed. <laughs> Woman, what am I going to do with you? I'm paraphrasing. It, it's not time yet. Can you hear this? Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. What have I to do with thee? What am I going to do with you? That's what. That's how we would say it. What am I? What am I? You ever say that to her? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know better, huh? Right answer. Well, well, I have actually said that to my wife before. She just smiles and goes right on with what she's doing. And I guarantee that's exactly what Mary did. She just smiled. And she did not answer Jesus. She didn't. I hope you're not like that. Jesus speaks to you and you don't answer him. That's downright rude. But Mary, your mom gets away with stuff. What can I say? She didn't answer Jesus. She just turned and the servants and said, whatever he tells you, do it. That's pretty good advice. Isn't it? Whatever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. What on earth is a firkin? I think it's like nine gallons. Nine gallons. You're right on the money there, Joshua. You've been studying. A little bit. Nine gallons. And how many? Two or three? 18 to 27 gallons. About a 25-gallon water pot, something like that. Pretty good-sized pot of water. You know, stone jars, what they are. Water pots of stone. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. Dip some out and give it to the governor. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was or where it came from, is what that means, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept this top shelf stuff, the good wine, the best wine. Until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifest his glory and his disciples believed on him. I bet that some of those servants got convinced as well. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days, a few days couple things. One of the commentaries that I read said uh, the mother of Jesus hadn't seen miracles before and so they 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 don't know why she uh, brought this issue to Jesus. She said uh, they, they don't have any wine. Jesus knew what she wanted. Because he's Jesus. He knows what you want. Doesn't he? He knows everything about you. Let me ask you this. What do you think? They said that Mary had never seen him do a miracle before. Who said that? The commentaries. Now I realize that in non-biblical writings, apocryphal writings, there are 
stories <coughs> about Jesus growing up and bringing a dead bird back to life, that sort of thing. These are not biblical accounts. Can't be trusted as real. But do you think Mary had no knowledge of his ability to do? She, she knew. She may not have seen them all, but she knew that he could. Well, I mean, Christine, you're a mom. Do you know what your little boy can do and what he can't do? Yeah. You know things about him that nobody on the planet knows. Moms know stuff. Mm. But uh, dads may be stupid, but moms know stuff. <laughs> so anyway, I I don't believe for a second that Mary doubted that Jesus could handle any problem. You know, Mary was uh, she had Jesus from the Holy Spirit. She was you know, pregnant. Bad, yeah. Yeah. Why it doesn't even make sense to conceive that she wouldn't believe that he could do miracles if that was how he would conceive. Well, yeah, he's the son of God. He's the son of God. But on a human level, he's her son. He's her boy. Uh, you wonder how heavy that was? Huh? You wonder how heavy that was for her? Yeah. She was raising the son of God? Yeah. And the things she would have learned watching him grow up. The things she would have seen. That uh, What's that? Uh, Michael Jr., the Christian comedian, talking about. He's got a routine talking about what life must have been like for James. James, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is so perfect. You know, just uh, I don't I don't have any idea if it was really like that or not. But there is no way on the planet that Jesus can be who Jesus is and grow up like like every other kid and mom not see the difference. She's going to know stuff that nobody knows. So she says, she says, she didn't say, uh, can you make them some wine? No, she didn't say that. She said, they have no wine. There's a lesson here for us, I think. Sometimes we just need to tell God our problem. But we think prayer is figuring out what we need and asking God for the solution. When the the truth is, we don't know the solution. I think, it's kind of a personal thing for me, but I think that I am way better off just letting God know my problem. That's what she did. She just told him what the problem was. He shakes his head, sighs. I, I don't know what kind of reaction, body language was going on, but there had to be some. It would not have been disrespectful because he's God. Well, it wasn't this. What did he, what did he say to her? It sounds like 
What do you want now? No. No. This is Jesus. He's not going to be disrespectful to his mother. What he says is, is, what am I going to do with you? What, What do I have to do with you? And if you try to take that in a literal sentence as, what do I have to do with thee? Well, I have to I have to live with you for a while. I have to. You know, it's not a literal statement. It's a, it's an expression. It's a it's a Jewish family expression, just like we have expressions in our families, and in our relationships. Uh, this is the kind of thing I would say to Alvin or to Bob there, or oh man, they ask me a question. I say, what am I going to do with you? <laughs> It's not a rude or an insulting thing or whatever. It's just, it's just an expression. It's how, it's how we talk. And then he explains, mine hour is not yet come. What hour is he talking about? Where he starts doing miracles. Uh, well, yes and no. But what, what, what is this hour about that he's talking about here? That last hour, that that moment where he, where he has to surrender everything worldly to the Father. Yes. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's it. I think he's talking about the time of revealing of him being revealed to Israel as to who he is. That's what John is leading up to in chapter 1. That this is the Son of God. How are we going to know who He is? Because you're going to see the Spirit of God descending and lighting like a dove and lighting upon Him and remaining on Him. And when you see that, that's the Son of God. That's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And John saw that. And John said, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And word began to spread. And where was Mary when Jesus was baptized? At home doing laundry? <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, yeah. If she was doing laundry, where was she been doing laundry? At the river. At the river. Yeah. She was probably there. I don't know. It doesn't say. But do you think Mary got baptized by John? Yes. Yes. Reckon so. We know she was a member of that first church. No doubt about that. Tells us that she was there. Acts chapter 1. It's right there. Okay, so she was probably there and... She may have seen the Spirit descending like a dove and lighting upon him. If this was your son and you and this was going to happen to your son, wouldn't you want to be there to see it? You better believe it. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think what an honor it would be to, to get to see this happen? I don't know if she was there or not, but uh, one of the things you can probably ask her when we get to heaven, were you there? She's probably just going to smile. Well, what do you think? <laughs> and keep on doing what you do. 
Yeah. See, I'll, I think she'll smile and say, yeah, you were right about that. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Morning, Cecil. Again. So here we go, and we're, we're walking through John chapter 2. The servants are told, whatever he saith unto you, do it. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And immediately he said, now draw it out and take it to the governor. And when they dipped it out, it wasn't water anymore. It was wine. Now, I have been argued up and down, back and forth with this by people that wanted to be members of this church, but wouldn't because of this. Uh, well, that wine that Jesus made wasn't alcoholic wine. There's no way that Jesus was, would have made alcoholic wine. Virgin wine. But it just said right there, and when they wanted wine, that included Jesus, because that was him and his disciples. Well, right. Well, how how do we know? How do we know whether it was grape juice or whether it was wine? He said it was wine. He said it was wine. If it was grape juice, it'd be a different word. But there's another way that we know. The ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was. Whence it was, you don't know. You don't really use that terminology much. Whence means from where. He knew not from where it was, where it came from. But the governor said to the bridegroom, every man, the way it's done is this way. Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. What does it mean when he says men have well drunk? I looked it up. It's a Greek word, methuo, methuo. It means intoxicated. Pretty hard to drink enough grape juice to get drunk. About 50, 60 gallons a person. This idea that something in and of itself is sinful. Is there anything that's in and of itself sinful? Is whiskey sinful? There is there a terminology in the Bible for whiskey? Strong drink. Strong drink. It what it means it means alcoholic liquor with a lot of alcohol content. Anybody know the alcohol content of kosher wine? Kosher wine. No, 11. Is between 11 and 14 percent, depending on where it's made and what part of the country it's made in. It's normal alcoholic wine. It's not a, doesn't have a lot of alcohol, but it has alcohol. That's what keeps it from fermenting more. It got it, it, fermentation was what got it to, there with the alcohol content. It's what made it pure. It's pure. You could use it to clean a wound. It's pure. Matter of fact, it will, it's been used to clean wounds lots of times. Only the stronger stuff works better because it has more alcohol that's disinfectant, that sort of thing. 
this uh, Greek word uh, methuo, it's used in Matthew 24, Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 11, and referenced in Revelation twice. Uh, and it means drunken. Go to Matthew 24, 49, and just read the verse and uh, you get an idea of how the word's used. It's not used a lot. It's used four times in the New Testament. Uh, 2449 says, 48 says, but, but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Drunken is methuo. It's a Greek word. Same Greek word is used here in John chapter 2 about the uh, state of the party goers when they have finished up all the good wine and hadn't started serving the lesser quality stuff yet. Did Jesus make wine with alcohol? Yes, he did. Was it high quality? Yes, it was. Now, I've tasted wine that's supposed to be really high quality. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> it's like pond water or something. I don't know. It's bad. The, the, it's kind of wet to me, but it's, you know. Anyway, there are a lot of different qualities of wine. And uh, all the kosher wines that we've ever bought and tried, we use, we use kosher wine in the Lord's Supper because that's what they used in the Passover. So we try to get as close to what the Bible, what's told us in the scriptures as we can. But it's pure. Uh, is drinking wine sin? No. Is drunkenness sin? Yes. Yeah, it is. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. When you put yourself in the control of, under the influence of, why, why do they call it a DUI? Driving under the influence. Driving under the influence. When you drink or used some chemical substance, it could be pills, it could be weed, it could be a whole bunch of different things. But there are things that are going to influence you take you out of control and that's not good God wants you one of the one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control so this is good how much wine how do you know if you're drinking too much is there any biblical guidelines for that yeah when the when the cup um, moveth moveth itself awry <laughs> When it's when you go for the look cup in the cup and here. it's moving, yeah, it's already too late. When the wine's moving in the cup, when you can't speak well, <laughs> you've already you've already passed you've already passed the, the limit when it's moving in the cup. Uh, there there is a guideline in the Bible about how much wine is okay and what the proper proportions should be. I want to uh, take you to Numbers 28. Numbers 28 and 29 and uh, 
30 even. A uh, lot, of, lot of information here about the feasts and the offerings. Uh, one of the things about the offerings is the, uh, is the quantities of. It, uh, it says in Numbers 28 and verse 7, And the drink offering thereof shall be the fourth part of an hen for the one lamb. Now, if you know something about the Passover, you know that there was a Passover lamb that was to be roasted with fire. He's barbecued. The barbecue of the lamb is to be uh, fire roasted. That's it can't, It's not to be boiled. It's not to be some prepared some other way, but roasted. Now, if if your family is small and you don't really have enough people gathering in your family unit to eat the whole lamb, what do you do? Just throw away what you couldn't eat? Do you, what, how do you do that? How do you handle that? Leftovers. No, no leftovers are allowed. No. Serve your home team. Cecil's right. You have, you do a home team. You have, you bring your neighbors in, and you get a group big enough to consume the whole lamb. It can't be left. It has to be has to be eaten. It says the drink offering shall be the fourth part of a hen, hen of uh, of an hen for the one lamb. In the holy place, thou shalt cause the strong wine. To be poured out unto the Lord for a drink offering. It only not only says wine; it says the strong wine. It's probably the fourteen percent stuff, the stronger wine. But it tells you how much wine is to be allowed to be served with the with the consuming of an entire lamb. How many people do you think it would take to eat a whole lamb at one sitting? Mm. Maybe eight. No, no. Lamb's pretty good size. Lambs are probably 16 to 20 pounds when they're born. Something like that. And then we know it's it's been it's not a it's not a newborn lamb. It's it's got to be kept up for two weeks. Yeah. Cooked, you know, two to four people. Well, not your two to four people. Oh. <laughs> you ever shoot a deer? Oh yeah, How many people take to eat a whole deer? Uh, probably about eight to ten. Texas deer. Texas deer, yeah. Not much bigger than a lamb. Lambs that big? Yep. When they've been kept up and fattened up and and quarantined to make sure there's no nothing wrong with them. no blemish. I didn't know lambs were that big. Yeah, they're pretty good size. Uh, but it's more than two or three. It's going to be it's going to be eight or ten people to eat that whole lamb at one sitting. And uh, you know, I want the leg. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, you got to share the leg. That's well, the front leg. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so eight to ten people. There was serve a fourth of a hen. How much is a hen? Five quarts. Five quarts. Fourth of a hen will be about a little bit, a little bit over a quart, about a little. One, one and a quarter quart. Yeah, one and a quarter quarts for how many people? 
six. Six minimum. Eight. Eight. Sixteen. Probably ten, maybe. Okay. Lambs vary in size, you know. But for a whole lamb divided up, you're, so you're talking about a little over a quart divided up between eight people. How many ounces in a quart? Quart's 32 ounces, right? Mm-hmm. 32 divided by eight is four. About four ounces with a meal. Anybody going to get drunk of drinking four ounces of wine with a whole meal? No. Not, not even when it's 14% to do. You're a lightweight. <laughs> You'd have to be really lightweight. I'm a lightweight. <laughs> Was wine a, a common beverage in a Jewish family? Yes. All the time. All the time. What did they, how did they serve it normally? Yeah. <laughs> With food? With food, yeah, but not the only way. How, but Wine was wine was normally mixed with water. Strong wine mixed with water keeps you from getting sick from bad water. Kills parasites, kills the bugs. Did they have a city water that was tested by the environmental department? And no, they. They had they had they didn't all, they didn't always have well water. I mean, in the Old West, you came to the creek, you filled your canteen. That's why people didn't live so long back in, <laughs> that's one of the reasons. But they would mix, they would mix, uh, commonly mix wine with water for, just for a beverage with meals. But four ounces of wine with an entire meal is about what the Bible says would be used Proportionately, it's it's right there. You read it. The fourth part of a hen for the one lamb, one whole lamb, one fourth part of a hen. Drunkenness has never been okay. Drunkenness was common then as it is now. Wedding party, they're going to drink wine for seven or eight days doesn't mean they were drinking all day every day it means they had wine every day for that celebration and it was probably more than four ounces because they would become intoxicated the governor of the feast it was normal he told the bridegroom this is how it's done we serve the good wine until they're weaving pretty good and then we'll serve the other stuff. But you kept the good stuff for now. What's wrong with you? Well, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I have uh, I, I'm not I'm not a liberal teacher. I'm very conservative. But I have to tell you that not being honest with the Bible is in my opinion a lot worse or just as bad as being liberal. Just be honest with the Bible. Let the Bible say what the Bible says. God's not God's not going to get offended. He wrote it. 
it's it's his word and it's right and it's true and it doesn't have to be defended by pretending it doesn't say what it says.